This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hello and welcome to Ask Us Anything, where popular science answers the questions you're too embarrassed to ask Alexa. I'm Stan Horacek, a senior editor at PopSci, and I'm your guest host this week. And I'm producer Jess Bodie. Stan, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really stoked to be here. Yeah, yeah. So our listeners probably remember you from your brave anti-homework episode last season, <laughs> but uh, they might not know that you're also an editor at our sister brand, Popular Photography. Uh, and I understand you're going to share some of your photo knowledge with us today. That's right. Yeah. In addition to writing about gadgets, I've also been a photographer and a certified camera dork for nearly two (laughs) decades. Uh, So I thought I'd share some tips on a subject that people ask me about a lot, which is how to look better in pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm guessing the solution is a lot more complex than just like slapping a filter on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It is. Uh, In fact, I fall firmly in the anti-filter camp. Uh, especially when it comes to stuff like automatic retouching, slimming, and skin smoothing. Mm. They really make me cringe as a photographer, but they also are just bad for people in general. Like, they can literally skew our perception of what a real person should look like. Right. In fact, a paper published in 2020 recommended clinicians keep up on social media trends and filters because they were influencing people to actually go and get plastic surgery to look more like the filtered versions of themselves they see on their phones. Yeah, that's wild. I have heard of that. And it's like very creepy as well. (laughs) Yeah. So while I get that some people will cling to their filters forever, we're not going to recommend using them here. Right. There are there are (laughs) loads of ways that you can look your best in photos without letting AI wipe out every pore on your face or contort your body into absurd proportions. And I'll give you a full rundown after the break. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. All right, so Stan is here to help us be more photogenic. So where do we begin? Yeah, so every good photo starts with good light. The simplest and best thing you can possibly do to make sure a picture is flattering is to just find some good light and then go stand in it. Okay, okay, noted. But what is good light? (laughs) Right, that's the tricky part. So there are a few variables that you can use to quickly figure out whether lighting will help you or hurt you if you want to look good in a picture. Mm. We'll start with the goat, right? A window with indirect daylight coming through it is the greatest light you could ever possibly ask for. Okay. The quality and the direction are all but unbeatable when it comes to flattering human faces. Okay, also noted. Uh, And can you break down like the nitty gritty of this stuff? Sure. Yeah. So let's start with quality because it's kind of the most complex part of this whole thing. Most people have heard of hard and soft light, but the terms are actually kind of misleading. 
the quote-unquote soft and hard actually refer more to the shadows created by the light than the light itself. So imagine you're looking out a window with harsh midday sun streaming directly through it so you have to squint. All those light waves coming in are moving in basically the same direction, so everything they hit will look bright, and everything they miss will get lost in deep shadows with sharp edges. That's why we call it hard light. The edges of the shadow are hard. So if you put a sheer curtain in front of the window or simply wait for the sun to move so it's not beaming directly through, the light waves hitting your face will be scattered and coming in from a wider range of directions. This so-called soft light also helps fill in the shadows. That typically looks much more flattering than hard light, especially if you're not heavily made up or photoshopped like in an advertisement for makeup or something like that. Yeah. Smaller light sources also produce harder light than larger ones. The LED flashlight on your phone is tiny and makes you look horrible because it produces harsh highlights and deep shadows. Put a translucent piece of paper in front of it, however, and you diffuse the light while drastically increasing the size of it relative to your face. That bigger light source makes for more flattering illumination. That's why you see professional photographers in the studio relying on gigantic softboxes because they make everybody look good. Yeah, that makes total sense. I've dabbled in like some video production live streaming stuff and I always put like parchment paper over like yep. LED, um, little tiny LED uh, boxes and that works really great. But yeah, I'm sure not as good as those those big expensive <laughs> soft boxes. No, but it's basically the same idea and that's pretty much free. Soft boxes can cost hundreds of dollars. So if you can do the same thing basically with a sheet of paper, then more power to you. Totally. Yeah. And so then uh, what about like the direction of the light? Okay. So if we're talking about direction, imagine if you're standing outside, it's noontime and the sun is a tiny little blaring dot directly over your head. Almost nobody looks good in light like that. And that's because you have hard light coming from a difficult direction. The light source is roughly 90 degrees above the camera and that hard light is moving across your face rather than into it. This creates deep shadows everywhere the light can't reach. In harsh midday sun or gnarly overhead light, that typically includes important parts of your face like your eyes, which can really make or break a portrait. If light doesn't hit your eyes, you don't get that reflection of light, which we call a catch light. And without that, you can look really dead and Oh, yeah, bad. just like hollow pits for eyes. Not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so shining a light across a surface also enhances the texture, which is how food photographers turn a simple pizza into an enticing topographical map of cheese and pepperoni. Oh. Every small bump now creates a pronounced shadow that draws attention to itself. That's not so flattering when it comes to your skin because it augments every single imperfection. Right, right, yes. I don't want uh, my face to look like a pizza commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The most flattering light, if you're not a pizza, of course, comes from a relatively large and diffuse light source that's positioned slightly above and slightly off to one side from the camera. The viewer's brain sees that as natural and flattering. Whatever you do, avoid light from below because our brains definitely don't know what to make of that at all. <laughs> yeah, the, the spooky stories around the campfire look isn't exactly flattering. Um, but, but it sounds like the short version is point your face towards a big, soft light source. Absolutely. That's ideal. Uh, windows are fantastic. You can really use anything that keeps your face shaded from harsh light, but provides a bright area to evenly illuminate your features. Okay, cool. So now we know how to find the good light, but how the heck do we figure out how to stand and smile so we don't look completely ridiculous? 
Right. Even the best <laughs> light in the world won't help you look more natural if you don't have the right pose or expression. So let's start with the face. Okay. So I'm going to ask everybody who's listening right now to take a second and make a big cheesy smile. Like picture the smile that you <laughs> had when you were in fourth grade and it's picture day and you just want to give the photographer exactly what he wants so you can get to lunch and have your dino nuggets, right? Like big goofy smile. I love dino nuggets. Me too. They make me smile uh, on their own. So in that big cheesy smile, you can actually feel the tension in both your cheeks and your forehead. And we want to avoid that for a couple of reasons. One, it looks unnatural. And two, it kind of squinches up your face, which alters the shape of your eyes and prevents light from hitting them, which, as we said before, is bad. Right. Yeah. So instead of that big cheesy smile, try something similar. So before you get your photo taken, close your eyes and take a deep breath and think about relaxing your forehead and your cheeks. Just that alone will get you most of the way to a natural expression before you even think about smiling at all. Okay, yeah, I was just doing that, like, as you were saying that, and it actually made a lot of sense. Um, but then, <laughs> then how do you go about adding the actual smile? Because my face, yeah, like I was saying, it feels like so much more relaxed, but I feel very, like, serious. <laughs> yeah, so perfecting a smile actually takes some work you know I, I think they said jim carrey used to practice making faces in front of the mirror and you have to channel that energy a little oh. bit if you really want to nail the perfect smile the inner jim um, carrey yeah get find your inner jim carrey <laughs> um some photographers and probably your parents when you were a little kid they used to use the trick to say say cheese before right. you take your picture and that actually kind of weirdly works it forces your mouth into this long E position, which opens it slightly and pulls the corners of your lips upward. It really kind of does force a smile. But many professional headshot photographers will actually recommend the word high instead. It might not have the same brute force phonetic power as cheese, but most of us are used to smiling when we greet people. So the face you make when you say hi will probably look a lot more natural and fluid, although I do smile when I'm thinking about cheese, so both work for me. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my go-to move is to give my subject a countdown. So three, two, one, and then ask them to look at me and say hi as if they're making introductions at a business meeting. That's a great start, though it, it doesn't work for everyone. Oh, okay. Why is that? Well, it does require that you make a habit of being smiley when you say hello to someone new, which doesn't apply to everyone for sure. Sure, sure. Uh, if that's not your style or you're not sure how your face looks when you make those kind of introductions, spending a few minutes experimenting in front of the mirror can go a really long way. Again, that inner Jim Carrey really comes in handy here. <laughs> yeah. You want to play around until you find an expression you like and then actively try to remember what your face muscles feel like when you're making that face. Okay, cool. It kind of reminds me of like visualizing when playing sports too. Um, it's kind of like a same, like visualizing then remembering how your body feels and stuff. Um, yeah, you're literally just muscle memorying your face into not smiling like a creep. Yeah, exactly. And aside from that stuff, are there any like universal rules for the most flattering smile? It all really depends on what you're looking for. So people generally look their best with their mouths slightly open, smile or not, but even that depends on the situation. A study published in 2017 found that most people prefer a slight smile with just a little teeth or no teeth showing at all, which makes a lot of sense to me, but it's not right for everyone. Okay, that's like the TikTok trend uh, where you're <laughs> supposed to smile like an American Girl doll. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, everybody has kind of their own smile that really works for them. Someone who shoots beauty pageant portraits once told me that he got his best results by telling subjects to imagine that they were about to take the first bite out of a medium-sized apple. 
Oh. Like, that gives this big, wide, toothy smile that beauty headshots really like. Uh, I've tried that one myself, and it, it does not work for me. I don't think that I'm quite <laughs> beauty pageant material. Oh, but but I guess the takeaway is that you should play around depending on the vibe you're looking for. Uh, like just smiles in general seem really subjective. And I guess like my next question is what about the head position? Because uh, looking straight into the camera kind of makes me feel like getting my passport photo taken. <laughs> straight, straight on is, is tough, but yeah. it can be overwhelming to try and figure out like what more flattering angle really looks like. Um, I usually ask my subjects to start with their feet next to each other and then step one foot forward as if you're about to begin walking. It doesn't particularly matter which foot you start off with, but one will feel more natural than the other and you can just follow that instinct and it'll just usually end up giving you a more natural result. Hmm. So this little step does a few things for you. One, it naturally brings one shoulder forward, which puts your body at a slight angle without going all cliche prom photo on everybody. Um, and because you have to turn your head slightly to keep your eyes facing the camera, it draws out your neck and accentuates your jawline. And that's what you want in most cases. I have noticed that a lot of people, especially recently, tend to tilt their head to one side or the other. And while that works for some people, it can look odd and people may not even know they're doing it. Again, this is the kind of stuff you figure out when you're looking in the mirror or you're just having someone you know take pictures of you to see what it is you're doing that you hate. Right, right. But a little bit of head tilt is probably good, right? Yeah, a little bit of tilt is good, but a lot of people think about it incorrectly. Most people think that tilting their head or leaning their heads back will help cancel out the appearance of a double chin, which is what most people fear. It's the thing I sure. hear the most as a photographer. Yeah. Um, and these tilts, they can help that a little bit, but they can also give you a really odd look and give people a really good view up your nostrils, which is oh not flattering for <laughs> Never good. Reason. Yeah. <laughs> So instead of leaning hard to one side or leaning backwards, you actually want to lean toward the camera and bring your forehead down. This extends the neck and tightens the skin under the chin as counterintuitive as it may seem. Right. If people have trouble getting into a good angle, I'll often have them look straight down at the floor and then have them look up at me. They almost always come up too far in that first one or two tries because they're so used to tilting backwards, trying to get those flattering overhead selfie angles. But eventually you get great results. Okay, cool. So no looking up and no big head leans, but what about body position? Sure. The, the most common cue I hear from inexperienced photographers is stand up straight. Like they're coming from a good place because slouching obviously looks bad, but that's a hard cue for people to follow. People conflate standing up straight with sticking their chests out, which looks really unnatural unless you're like literally one of the Avengers. Right. <laughs> so... Instead, what you want to do is keep your feet a comfortable distance apart and imagine that there's a clothes hanger in the back of your shirt. Now imagine that you're hanging from a rack by way of that hanger. In my experience, this prompts you to pull your shoulders back and down without arching your back. You end up with a look of a longer neck and a more comfortable overall position. I don't remember who I stole that cue from, but I've been using it for a decade now and it's one of the best posing tips I've ever gotten. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard that, but it makes complete sense. Um, and then my next question, to quote uh, Will Ferrell in Talladega Nights, what do I do with my hands? <laughs> hands are really hard. And I, even to this day, even people who are really experienced, giving people something to do with their hands is really tricky. So you can tell people, you can try throwing them in your pockets or putting them on your waist. That usually feels pretty natural. 
but it also tends to create some space between your arms and your body. And that makes your torso look more defined. So if you want to look slimmer or have a, you know, more shape in a picture, you create that space between your body and the arms and it really does help. Okay, cool. So I am starting to feel like I understand what I need to do to look in the picture. Uh, but is there anything that I can ask the person behind the camera to do in order to increase my chances of looking good? Yeah, absolutely. So if you have room and enough light, it's almost always better for the person taking the photo to sort of back up and zoom in. Most people think that wide angle lenses cause unflattering distortion, and that's kind of true. Your real enemy is what iconic photography textbook Light, Science, and Magic calls perspective distortion. Simply put, objects closer to the camera will look bigger than those farther away from it. As you get closer, this effect ramps up dramatically. Because smartphone cameras have very wide-angle lenses, photographers have to be very close to the subjects in order to fill the frame. And that's where perspective distortion thrives and makes you look completely unrecognizable sometimes. Right. By backing up and using the zoom to fill the frame instead, you can avoid that funhouse mirror look in which your nose looks big and your ears look small and far away. Even if you have to use the regular camera and just back up a little and crop later, it'll likely still be more flattering than just getting all up in your grill with that wide angle camera. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what if someone tries all these tips and then they still feel super unphotogenic? That's me. You just described me. <laughs> and uh, it can be really tough to look at photos of yourself, no matter how great you look. Um, the most important thing you can do is just to get used to seeing yourself in general. Like I said at the top of the show, photo editing and filters have really skewed our perception of how human faces and bodies should look. You may need to relearn what a good photo of you actually looks like. And try to remember that not everything that jumps out to you as an imperfection is actually bad, noticeable, or unattractive. The same 2017 study I mentioned earlier found that people actually preferred smiles with some noticeable asymmetry to those that are perfectly balanced. That makes total sense to me. I'll take a crooked, real smile over a perfect fake one any day. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, and Stan, it has made me smile <laughs> to have you on the <laughs> podcast this week. Thanks, Stan. Got a question for the editors at Popular Science? Send an email to ask at popsci.com. Ask Us Anything is produced by the editors of Popular Science. This episode was written and reported by Stan Horacek, with additional reporting by Harry Guinness, and editing and audio engineering by me, Jess Bodie. Big thanks to Billy Cadden for writing our theme song and to Katie Belloff for creating our logo. If you like our show, consider rating it on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. It helps us out a lot. For more PopSci audio content, be sure to check out our sibling podcast, The Weirdest Thing I Learned This Week. Thanks for listening.